We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. So, let's do it. One of my favorite verses. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's one of my favorites. It's found in one of the minor prophets. Yes, sir. Thank you, Bishop. Two o'clock is the service. One o'clock is visitation. One o'clock. And uh, so, Brother Harold Gunstanson, many of you from around the Terrell area uh, would know him. And, uh, of course, Brother G is such an important part to this church. Uh, for many years, and then he left uh, to go and pastor in Ranger, Texas, doing a great work there. But they call this home, so that service will be held here on Monday. There won't be any eating or anything here. They're, they're going to a restaurant. That's their choice. But uh, if, if there is anyone available, uh, a lot of these technology I'm not familiar with. And I learned if you know everything, then you do everything. And so there's some things I've chose not to know as of late and just let other people do it amen they do it better anyway and so and that'll be a great support for them thank you bishop i, I meant to announce that we're going to the book of micah a minor prophet with a major verse chapter 7 and verse 8 now think about 10 o'clock the minor prophet that was suffering a major defeat said rejoice not against me O mine enemy when I fall I shall arise when I sit in darkness the Lord shall be a light unto me We don't ever do this, but let's read this one more time in concert together as a choir. You ready? Rejoice not against me, O mine enemy. When I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. Let's give him a hand clap and thank him for his word. We thank you for anointing. Let us hear it, understand it, and respond in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, love him. Love him for 30 seconds. Thank him for what he's done in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want to preach something to you that's going to sound a little, uh, uh, I don't know what it's going to sound like, but I know what it feels like it's going to sound like. And it just says, I'm back. I just want to preach to you for a little bit. I'm back. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm back. Look at your other neighbor that you ignored and say, I'm back. Amen. The enemy of our soul has had a wonderful time. We heard it at 10 o'clock, two messages. uh, Laughing and mocking at the apparent failure and ultimate destruction of various portions of your life. 
I'm going to say that again just to make sure you heard me. He's had a great time laughing and making fun of the failure. He, he's enjoyed mocking where we have failed. He has enjoyed the fact that your heart is broken. That's hard to believe and it sounds so cruel and unimaginable. But there is a spirit out there that enjoys the fact that you're hurting. Lives in it. Dwells in it. Some people that you trusted turned against you. Some people that you love clearly do not share the same Dreams and commitments, spiritually, physically, financially. They don't share your emotion, and now you know. It's caused trouble in your mind, in our minds. From the outside looking in, you are a failed plan. Oh, sadly enough, people that you thought were praying for you and rooting for you were privately happy that you flopped. They were happy when your plans failed, when your hopes crashed, when your marriage was not a success, when your business plan turned out, obviously as they knew, it wasn't a good one. We got a bunch of people in this room today that in some other setting would be considered a failure or laughable misfits. Hell and its minions have enjoyed the fact that you have felt down on yourself and down on your life and down on your family and down on your decisions and you're living in the valley of what if and the enemy loves us to live in what if. One of my favorite stories and I've preached from this passage five or six times probably over the past 12 or 15 years. It's, it's one of my favorites, but I have a new perspective on Nehemiah today. Uh, we'll fix and preach about him right here. Nehemiah 2, verses 1 through 6, and it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the 20th year of Xerxes the king, that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now, I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore, the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid and said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad when the city, the place of my father's sepulchres, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire? Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. Boy, that's key right there. So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchres, that I may build it. And the king said unto me, The queen also sitting by him, For how long shall thy journey be? And when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the servant, the Ammonite, 
heard of it, it grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. Here we have Nehemiah. He is under, uh, under arrest, if you will, along with everybody else. The city has been destroyed and overtaken. The walls have been torn down. The city has been burned and destroyed. The people don't have a place to worship. They don't have a place to call their own. They don't have a place where they feel safe. They don't have a place where they can lift up the name of their Lord and the spirit of their God. They don't have a place that they can call home. Before we can fully understand, we must first allow our minds to go back a little bit in time. As much as it hurts when we reflect on what we used to be or what we could have been or what it seems like should have happened, there's always a reason to still rebuild. Now, I could handpick some people right now. I, my mind began to wonder this morning about some people when I was adding a few little notes here and there. And I, I could pick some. Two of them spoke in 10 o'clock service and they both declared on their own. So it's no secret here. But there are some others, at least a good 10 or 12 men that I could have stand that the enemy has enjoyed watching you fail. He's enjoyed watching your calling seem to be put out. He, he's enjoyed watching your light seem to flicker to a very small dim at best. He's enjoyed watching your family struggle. He's enjoyed watching your financial collapse and your health issues and challenging depression and spiritual oppression. And he sets back and, he, and he's come against you. But, but, but the, the man... The little guy that everybody calls a minor prophet, he sent a warning to hell. And he said, don't you rejoice yet. I want some people to understand that the Lord has placed some people in this place that in other times, at other places, may have been a loser. In another place, you may have had a failure. In another time, you may have had a slip up. In another time, you may have backslidden. In another time, your marriage didn't work and your business didn't come through. But today's the day that somebody can stand up and say, hey, I'm back. Come on, I want you to hear me. Nehemiah could feel the heartbeat of the people. He could feel the very fact that they weren't having church. They weren't worshiping freely. He could, he could feel the experience of the past riding on his shoulders. He could feel it right now because, see, there was a day and time when the sacrifices were going forth. There was a day and time when the choir was singing and the music was playing and the priest was speaking and the preachers were preaching and the prophets were prophesying and all was well but now everything's been torn down it's been destroyed and hell is having itself a good laugh and there's a reach forward in the time that would say rejoice not against me oh my enemy for when I fall I shall arise when I sit in dark places the Lord will be the light 
Everybody that's never made a mistake, I can promise you this sermon's not for you. If nobody's ever done you wrong, this is not for you. If nobody's ever messed up and talked about you or tried to discourage you or tried to tear you down or tried to make your name look like tar, mud, it's not for you. But I want to preach to some people that has had to look hell square in the face and say, I will not be canceled. I will not be removed. I will not back down. I will not quit. I will not stop. I'm back. The enemy wants to cancel you. See, we live in a society. They call it cancel culture. I don't know the depths of it or the roots of it, but I want to tell you about the church. They canceled Jesus Christ for about three days. They canceled the work for a little while, but each and every time the enemy has his way, we reach back in time on all. We reach back on all promises. It says rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy, for when I fall, I shall The enemy destroyed the church. He destroyed the ministry. He caused oppression and depression to come to a point that an unbelieving king and King Xerxes could recognize that when Nehemiah walked into his presence, he said, this is not pain. This is not sorrow. This is not a family issue. You got something going on in your heart that's deep. I'm going to tell you what it was. He recognized that the church was not in revival. There hadn't been any sacrifices made. The attendance hadn't been there. The walls had been torn down and burned and bulldozed over by the dozers from hell. But all of a sudden, the Lord speaks to Nehemiah and he says, I'm getting ready to build a church and I'm not going to do it with perfect people. I'm not going to do it with perfect ministries. I'm not going to do it with a perfect business plan. I'm not going to do it with perfect marriages. I'm not going to do it. Somebody hear me right now and hell has said you'll never be anything that's a lie and you need to stand and declare you're back so the king that holds him hostage he's found favor with the king and he's become a personal servant to the king he walks in that day and The Lord's already spoken to him. When the Lord speaks to you, it'll change your countenance. It'll change the look on your face and the feel of your spirit. It'll change the gait of your walk. It'll change you. Nehemiah steps in to a pretty rotten king's place called Xerxes, and he's found. I know it ain't spelt that way, but that's who it is. And so he stands right there before him, and he says, Nehemiah, What's bothering you? I've come, I've come to know you and come to love you and recognize you. The Bible said we find favor with all men if we just keep the course. See, Nehemiah kept the course. He kept praying. When the alarm went off, he, he went to Friday fire and Tuesday prayer and Wednesday service and, and Sunday at 10 and Sunday at 11. And, and when it hurt, he went. When it didn't feel right, he went. When there was, when there was a disruption, he went. And, 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 he, and, he, and something was rising up in him where he was about to be able to say, I'm back. And so the king says, Nehemiah, I can see you're not sick. You're not sneezing. You're not coughing. You're not running a fever. 
Your back's not hurting. Your legs are working. Your hands are working. You're, you're doing everything. I, what's going on? And he says, live forever, king. In other words, I, I'm not opposed to you. I, I want you to know that you have the authority to just take my head right now. So you, you just live forever and you do your thing. But all I'm asking, all I'm asking you to do is show me enough favor to where I can just go back and honor the dead. My fathers were buried there. I want to just go back. I know it's opposed to you and, and they were your enemies and, and we've been your enemies and, and I get all that, but I, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just asking you, could, could, is there a possibility that I could go back and rebuild the walls of the city? He obliged and we get to Nehemiah 4, 1 through 5, but it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation. Wroth is furious, exploding from within. And took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren and the army of Samaria. And he said, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end to a day? You see, all those things were part of the religious culture to be fortified, to sacrifice, to make the end of a day. Those are all God moments. And he's pointing it out. The enemy's saying, what are you going to do now, worship? I guess you're going to sing. I guess you're going to put a choir. I guess you're going to get back up there at 10 o'clock now and speak. Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish which are burned? Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said, Even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. So here's what the enemy sees. He sees you as ineffective. He sees you as somebody he's got control of. He sees you as a pile of stone laying on the side of the road. He sees you as a failed, miserable, depressed, worried businessman, pastor that, that just couldn't do it right. And he says, ha, ha, ha. Now you're nothing but a burned stone. You're you're rotten. You're just what uh, has been or used to be. Now what are you going to do? Here's what I want to tell you under an anointing of the Holy Ghost. God has placed some people in this place for a time such as this right here because some stones that have been broke, some stones that have been burned, some stones that have been abused. God's raising up a church through some imperfect building materials. Come in with your divorce. Come in with your alcoholism. Come in with your addiction. Come in burned up, broken down, pushed over, rolled over, and bullied. God will take you and build a church out of you. You see, the enemy's so ignorant to this point. I don't get it. After 6,000 years of known human history, he's been coming against us. He ought to know that God always specializes in taking things that are broken and chipped and bruised and missing some teeth. Oh, you're not, you're not hearing me. 
Because see, there's some people today that are facing condemnation. There's two words. One's conviction. That's from God. And it says, you've been bad, but I'll make you good. The other one's condemnation. And Paul told Timothy, that spirit's not even found in the Lord Jesus Christ. That spirit says, you failed and you'll never recover. Once a loser, always a loser. Once a liar, always a liar. Once a cheater, always a cheater. But I want to tell you that God has put a group of burned stones in this place. We're broken broken and we're battered but thank God we're building we're about to become something that can house somebody that's been bruised you ought to stand somebody that's been broken you ought to be a willing building material today these are walls and symbols of hopelessness Personal failures, poor decision, guilt, childhood, uh, mess ups and mistakes and been treated wrong. And it's a, it's a steady fuss and a steady fight. And Sanballat and Tobiah, Sanballat, he's, he's a loudmouth punk riding on his high horse. Don't you like it when people ride into your problems on a high horse? Look down on you, look at you. You're still battling that addiction. Your family ain't going to make it. She'll be gone before the weekend. He's nothing but a rotten egg. You should have recognized that. Your mama tried to tell you that 20 years ago. You're nothing but a failing society. You'll never be anything. You'll never grow beyond where you're at. You'll never even recover what you had in the first place. I'm here to tell somebody today that you are back in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. If you'll claim your ground, take over your territory, declare the victory of the Lord today. Come on. Nehemiah looked across that across that heap of stone and I'll just call it the Holy Ghost. The Spirit of the Lord came across him and questions began to come across his mind and the enemy began to say, what you going to do? Sanballat rides in on his high horse. And he says, oh, I guess they think they're going to sacrifice. I guess they're going to join the choir. I guess Brother, Brother John Gum and Brother Brian Emerson, I guess them two jokers are going to teach at 10. What a joke that's going to be. We're going to get a big hee-haw out of it. But what he don't understand is the great God of glory has already reached down and said in the spirit, I am back. I've already written something in heaven. It's going to amount to something. This will not destroy me. This will not drive me to suicide. This will not drive me away. Somebody needs to hear me right now. You're going to make it. You're back. You're back. You're not going to die an alcoholic. You're not going to die with a needle in your arm. You're not going to die like the doctor said. You're going to make it because God is going to make you a part. I wish somebody would praise him right now. What about last year? What about last week? Yeah, I get it. I was there. I know better than us all. 
But what I'm here to tell you is just because I'm piled up. You see, what that pile was is what used to be the church. See, many of us have been at a place in our life where we used to be the church. We used to be the lead hand clapper. We used to be the lead victory marcher. We used to be the lead, the one that got out because, see, there's a key to every moment of praise. There's a key to every revival. There's some people in here that look like smoke, smell like smoke, cracked up like rocks that's been in the smoke and in the fire. You've been stepped on. You got the hoof marks on your head from where Sanballat and Tobiah have said you'll never be anything. But today, with a bleeding head and a smoky smell and a busted edge, you're going to say, I come to build a church. I come to be part of something that outlasts this world. I'm back. In some cases, the enemy's even convinced you nobody loves you. Your mama don't love you. Your daddy don't love you. Your friends don't love you. He can bring in a spirit of hopelessness and doubt and fear and depression. And that's exactly what Sanballat does out loud. And then Tobiah, maybe on a smaller horse with a smaller voice, always plays second fiddle as a follower to the loudmouth Sanballat. Here's what he says. Oh, imagine this, Sanballat. <laughs> even a fox come up. <laughs> A little punk. Even a fox come up and lean against that wall. Don't they know what kind of building materials they're working with? Come on. I mean, it's just Mark Henry. Come on. He'll fall if a fox walks up. It's just Lawrence Sneed. He's a, he, he. It's just Rodney Fuller. Come on, man. Sand ballot, this is going to be cool. Let them build it. We'll just watch a 12-pound fox walk up, and we'll get to watch it all collapse again. See, the Spirit of the Lord had already spoken a word into the life of Nehemiah, and he said, if you'll take what's broken and trust me with it, he had already told Nehemiah, if you'll take what's messed up and allow me to do it, you be the rock, I'll be the mortar, and I'll be the hands to put it together. If you'll allow me. Sure, Nehemiah would have wanted people that had a clean canvas. Just give me a revival of everything new, Lord. I've even heard that before, sadly, from preachers. Says, man, as just sometimes people are so messed up, you just don't feel like you can do anything with them. I have a special draw to those kinds of people because I lived a little life before I started living for the Lord. And here's what I know by my own experience. He can take a rock that's been burned up, smoked down, walked on, and cracked in half and build something out of it that hell hates. Oh, I wish some of you would worship him right now. You are who I'm preaching to. You're the church that's rising up. You're the walls of protection. I, I could talk to some elders right now. You've been in the church a long time and it just kind of seems like a nice, a nice cute little glaze over you now. Now it's just, oh boy, everything's so good. I won't tell on you. 
But I'll tell you this. You know that I know that you know what you know. And we never show up on Sanballat's horse. And on Tobiah's horse. Well, I was born with the Spirit. You'll be the first one, and you're probably in this book somewhere. Hey, let me tell you something, folks. Every single one of us are sinners. Somebody wants me to take that back. No, I'll get to the second half. I said everybody in here. David said, in sin was I conceived. And I was shapen in a world of iniquity. I didn't know nothing but sin. From the moment my mother conceived me, I lived my entire life. I was shapen in iniquity. What's that? Bad, ugly, dirty, mean, and nasty. I used to have a shirt when I was about 10 years old. I wore it till I was about 14. Wore it until I was blowing out of it because I couldn't find a replacement. And what did it say, Mom? Ugly, mean, and nasty. It was my favorite shirt. It fit me. I'm going to tell you how bad my life was. When I was 18 years old, I went and sat in a tattoo chair and let him put Wiley Coyote on my arm because everything that happened blew up in his face. That was the way I felt at 18 years old. It used to be up here. At 52, it's down here. Somebody needs to hear me right now. When hell has come against you and everything's blown up in your face, you need to say, rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy. For when I fall, I shall arise. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be my light. Upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I'm made to be the head and not the tail, a lender and not the borrower, a shouter of victory, not a mourner in depression. Somebody give him your best praise right now. Come on, somebody give him your best praise. I scanned the congregation this morning in my mind. I start over here and I come across and some of you are not where you usually sit because somebody's in your seat, but that's all right. So I didn't see you there in my mind, but I come across and there was about eight or ten people that I personally don't know anything negative about. in this whole congregation that I can just really say, you know what? If I was going to stand somebody up and just say, this is, this would be who it would be. There's only, there's only a few. When you say do anything wrong, I don't necessarily mean on your own. I'm talking about just being through it, gone through it. Maybe somebody else done it. Maybe, maybe you're on the receiving end of wrong. But you've been through the fire. You, you've been through the battle. You've been through the questions. And, and Sanballat and Tobiah in the spirit world have rolled up and said, now what you going to do? I, I, I guess you're going to get back in choir. Pfft. 
I guess you're really going to go tell the pastor you want to share your testimony and a, and a word of hope for somebody else now? I mean, have you looked in the mirror? Do you, do you really know? I could start picking off some people, and some of you I don't know well enough, but I know enough about your story. I could have you stand, and in every section, there would be multiple people right now standing saying, I've been bruised. I've been burned. I've been rejected. I've been worked over and beat down and lied on and cheated on and spit on and talked about. I've been told I'll never be anything to anybody. I want to tell you something. Today, you have every single right. Well, Pastor, I've still, got a, I've still got an addiction. It's nipping at my heels every time I try to become something. You know what you got to do? Every single day, just face off. Well, what if I lose? Face off again. What if I lose? Face off. Because here's the deal. The writer didn't say, rejoice not against me, oh, my enemy, if I fall. He said, don't get too happy when I fall. Don't get too happy when I'm in darkness. Because there's something you need to know. If you get too close to me, you'll get a Holy Ghost backhand. When the Spirit comes over me, I'm liable to go to shouting and break everything in this building loose. You might have stepped on me. I've been the old country song. I heard it somewhere. Don't know who sings it, but it says, I've been cheated on, talked about, lied on, whatever it says. But today, I'm standing in the presence of an almighty God willing to be used to build a kingdom. I wish somebody would just walk around this building if you've been beat up and bruised up and walked on and there's hoof prints to prove it and just say, I'm willing to be building material. I'm willing. Sister Beckham, if you would come early and just give me a little music, I'll finish preaching. Come on, I'm just challenging somebody right now. You're tired of Sanballat. You're tired of Tobiah. You're tired of people on their high horse looking down on you and your experience and your choices. But today on Sunday morning, Life Point Church, September 2022. You see, here's what I know, and here's what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me today. You don't have to return to your seat if you don't want to. You can just stand right here and get ready to do a little worshiping. The Holy Ghost spoke to me today, this morning in my study. He said, hey, I've sent you some people that's wounded. I've sent the church some people that's been broken. They've been talked about. There's a lot of stories that can be told on them. You can tell by looking at them. They don't fit really anywhere. There's been pieces broken off. That's why they landed at Life Point Church because when brokenness meets brokenness, it makes completion. When broken preaching and broken singing and broken worship comes in contact with broken building material, it begins, it begins to make 
something. Will the church of the living God really revive these stones? Look at that rubbish. See, he's looking at some of you right now. Rubbish. Trash. Name's been in the paper. Served your time. Dealt with your DWI, DUI. Dealt with your possession charge and your abuse charges. Come on. Been to dry out so many times you dried them out. And you're going to come to church on Sunday and worship. Really? It's not a pat on my back. It's just me letting you know that the Lord has sent a modern day Nehemiah. No, I don't have his authority. I don't have his power. I don't have his calling. But I trust that every single piece of broken individual in this place will become something special. You are the cornerstone of a wall. You are the top of the wall. You are the support of the wall. You are the entryway. So built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together under the half thereof. For the people had a mind to work. It's one thing to be called of the Lord. It's one thing to show up. It's one thing to be be counted present. But when you get a mind to work, There's no more beautiful voices in the world than broken voices. There's no more beautiful worship in the world than broken worship. There's no more beautiful worship in the world than people that in another setting would be considered defeated. when Sanballat, Tobiah, and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, that's where we need to all be right now. Nevertheless, what that means is everything that was just said up to now does not matter. Nevertheless, just like but. I've been a good boy, but... I've been a bad boy, but nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. The enemy caused us to come together and put something stronger. Listen to what the people of praise said. The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed and there's much rubbish so that we are not able to build the wall. It literally translates, we don't know where to start with this mess. It's such a mess. We're praisers and we don't even know where to start.
4 and 14, and I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and to the rulers, to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. Somebody needs to hear me right now. God is going to do something in you. Not just in you, because that would just, that, that would just indicate you'll make it. I'm going to say God's going to do something with you, through you, around you, about you. I wasn't raised in this. Truly, nobody was raised in this. Because you can sit on the pew till Jesus comes and be lost. To get in this church, you're born into it. Your recovery is not just about you. Your next song is not about you. Your next hallelujah is not about you. Let me finish this reading and I'm going to turn it to you right here. Watch this. Nehemiah 4, 16. And it came to pass that from that time forth that the half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears, the shields, and the bows, and the hadrons. And the rulers were behind all of the house of Judah, they which built it on the wall, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it. Every one of them, one of his hands wrought in the work, and the other hand held a weapon. For the builders, everyone had his own sword girded by his side and so builded. And he that sounded the trumpet was by me. What is he saying? He's saying that in one hand, they had a hammer. The other hand, they had a sword. And the every single time that Nehemiah's opponents, Sanballat and Tobiah, and all the people came while they were fixing rocks, they were splitting heads. Don't come back up here for no more. We got a work to do up here. I remember the story at my Papa Hathcock's house. I just remember the story. They needed a roof. They was roofing that house. Brother Carl, was you there that day? Dad, you, Tom, Travis, Carl. Carl wasn't there, Jerry. And the neighbors want to pick a fight. Just correct me if I get this wrong now. Who was it? Carl was there. He don't remember. He may not know what story I'm about to tell. But Papa needed a new roof, and all them Hathcock brothers, they were pretty uh, edgy. Back then, all of them. And uh, edgy's a kind word. I had five edgy uncles. They were all pretty tough, and, and, and uh, there was only one of them really that probably would rather love than fight, and I think that was a cover up. But all the, all the, the man next door always giving my papa Harley. Harley Hathcock had always given him a hard time and he had a group of boys and they were up on the roof, roof in Papa's house. And the boys come over and decided to stir up a fight and so all the boys jumped off the roof and was it Travis? Tom. 
was Tom. Uncle Tom decided that he would come off the roof too, but he'd bring his roofing hatchet. Carl just remembered, he said, that was Tom. So the story goes on and the fight starts and, and they get to jabbering at everybody and Tom never was one to argue much. I mean, he'd rather stab you, shoot you, kick you, love you to the ground, whatever. He'd come off that roof. He still had his roofing hatchet and them boys wanted to fight. They walked up in a line. They were ready to go. My Uncle Tom flipped that hatchet around on the sharp side. You don't see many of them anymore. Back then, you cut the shingle when you was done with it with the sharp side. It's just a hatchet with a roofing hammer on the other side. He walked right up to that first boy and hit him right between the eyes with that hatchet. He fell. The next one, bam, four of them. Bam, 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 bam. Split all of them right in the top of the head. They went to the emergency room, had to go see the judge. They stood before him and all of them got a split head and they're all wrapped up. And the judge told them, said, all I know to tell you boys is I wouldn't mess with them Hathcocks. Here's all I'm gonna tell you. Some of us need to get tired while we're about our father's business getting bullied around and while we're doing the work of the Lord. You need to look at those that know you've failed and you need to say, I'm back. You need to look at the enemy and you need to say, hey, I want you to know something. I'm back in worship service and you're not going to run me out. I'll fight this addiction as long as I got to fight it. It don't matter what I look like, what I act like, what I smell like. What it, I'll fight it as long, but you need to know something. You better not get too happy yet because I'm about to get up. I wish we'd stand across this building right now. I could preach a little bit. Come on, singers, it's time to quit. I want you to hear me. I don't care how smoked up, how broke up, how stepped on, how piled up, how rubbled down you look. God placed you in this place on this day to hear this message. You have a place. You belong. And I just wonder as the singing begins, how many people will bring your burned stones, cracked, bruised, broken. But you don't know what I used to be, but thank God what you're gonna be. But you don't know what my calling used to be, 